people do feel very radically different about gender experience. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. Agenda with women in the arts. Making space in your ears for art, politics, popular culture and trash from a feminist perspective. Good morning and welcome to Agenda by Women in the Arts. My name is Katie Winton and I'll be with you solo for the next 30 minutes or so. Thanks to all the best for another great episode. If you missed that one, you can jump online, head to fbiradio.com slash all the best. So today I'm going to be chatting a little bit about the Swedish mansplaining hotline that just kind of happened in the last week. I'm also going to be playing Holiday Sidewinder's latest track, which is an absolutely beautiful song. And I'm going to be talking to Laura McLean a little bit later, um, who is the editor of Reproduction. That's the most recent edition of Independent Australian Experimental Art Journal Runway. So this issue is actually guest edited by cyber feminist art collective VNS Matrix, who released a cyber feminist manifesto for the 21st century in 1991. And their work kind of explores the construction of social space, identity and sexuality in cyberspace. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. And I've got Laura coming in actually in about 15 minutes. So stick around. But I'm going to kick off the show by talking about mansplaining. So this term was kind of uh, coined after the Rebecca Solnit's 2008 essay titled Men Explain Things to Me. And she kind of writes about being explained her book to her by a man at a party. Like the book that she wrote, this man kind of says to her, oh, have you heard about this book? And her friend's like, yeah, yeah, she wrote that. Um, so that is, it's a really interesting kind of term because now it's pretty widely used to describe when a patronizing man explains something to a woman. And it's like all things kind of, um, I guess, clickbaity. It's really taken off on the internet. Um, So you might have seen this week that a hotline opened up in Sweden that you can actually use to report an incident of mansplaining. So the hotline was set up by one of Sweden's largest trade unions called UnionN after its officials said that they had received about one too many complaints about mansplaining from its members. So how it worked was from 10am to 4pm every day throughout the week, members could call in and speak to gender experts and academics and get some advice about how to deal with being mansplained to in the workplace. This issue is being pretty thrashed out on social media at the moment. Some people are claiming that the hotline is contributing to an increasingly polarised culture where everyone is either a victim or an aggressor. So according to Union End, the objective of the hotline was to contribute to awareness and start a discussion which we hope will be the first step in changing the way we treat each other and talk about each other in the workplace. It's important to create awareness about how seemingly small things that we do or say add up to a much bigger issue. So I guess one of the interesting things about the hotline was that it actually received an equal number of calls from both men and women who felt that they were patronizingly explained things to by men in their workplaces. So this kind of makes me wonder whether the term mansplaining is actually useful to talk about the issue or whether it's kind of reductive and a little bit polarizing. So in her book, Men Explain Things to Me, Rebecca Solnit says, yes, people of both genders pop up at events to hold forth on irrelevant things and conspiracy theories. But the out-and-out confrontational confidence of the totally ignorant is, in my experience, gendered. Men often explain things to me and other women whether or not they know what they're talking about. Some men. So I guess on the other side of the argument, Liz Cookman, who is a journalist who writes for The Guardian, she says, while a sense of entitlement certainly causes some people to behave inappropriately towards others, privilege is far more complicated than man versus woman. Aside from a few derivatives such as white-splaining, the man-shaming rhetoric ignores other socioeconomic factors associated with entitlement such as race, class and aesthetic values. I'd love to hear what you think about this. Are terms like mansplaining polarising or should we still use them because they kind of are indicative of a, a bigger problem? Do they instill anger and therefore make people less inclined to engage in a dialogue? Is the hotline a good thing in highlighting that issue or does it kind of perpetrate this like second wave feminist divide? I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this. Text me 0409 945 945. Let me know what you think. 
I'm going to play you a track now from pop princess Holiday Sidewinder, who is the former frontwoman of Sydney band Bridezilla that kind of broke up a few years ago. This is Holiday's version of Stay Another Day, which was a 1994 one-hit wonder by British boy band East 17. It became their only number one in the UK singles chart and was actually the Christmas number one of 1994. I'd really highly recommend watching the film clip on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's like this very 90s black and white film clip featuring the band members superimposed onto like a galactic background wearing these J-Lo style fur hoods and snow is kind of falling all around them. And there's also this woman wearing like a dress and a white veil who just floats around in the background. It's super bizarre. I'd highly recommend jumping on YouTube and searching East 17 Stay Another Day. This is actually quite a sad Christmas song. It's like one of those really melancholy tracks that kind of gets under your skin. I've been listening to it on repeat. And um, in a homage to the original, which was actually written by Tony Mortimer about his brother's suicide, Holiday Sidewinder is going to be donating a portion of the proceeds to Mind Charity for Mental Health. And I've seen a few hints of what the video will look like on Holiday's Instagram. It features her kind of ice skating in this rink in a fantastic like baby pink unitard. So I'd really recommend following her on social media and getting on top of when that comes out. Because if it's anything like her carousel video that was released about two years ago, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. So you can purchase this track to download from Holiday's website. If you just head to www.holidaysidewinder.com, she's also just released in the last like 24 hours limited edition cassette tapes that you can grab for about £5 or $8.30 Australian. So this track is called Stay Another Day. It's by Holiday Sidewinder, and uh, you're listening to Agenda on FBI.
That was Holiday Sidewinder's cover of East 17's Stay Another Day. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. I'm Katie Winton and I'm joined in the studio right now by Laura McLean. Hi. Thanks for coming in, Laura. So um, I've been talking a little bit about the use of terms like mansplaining that kind of feel a little bit reminiscent about this kind of second wave rhetoric in this anti-male kind of context. Um, But I guess a more nuanced iteration of feminism emerged out of the 1990s, which saw work that engaged with gender and representation, including like radical feminist critiques of internet culture, intersectionality, and the emergence of queer theory. So one artist collective that were really kind of instrumental in the emergence of cyber feminism is VNS Matrix. And they disbanded as a collective around 1997, but they still occasionally work on projects together. And they've just edited the latest edition of Runway titled Re Slash Production. So I just wanted to chat to you a little bit, Laura, about the kind of collaboration between yourself and VNS Matrix and how that came about. Yeah, sure. So I have been a fan for a long time of VNS. They like you said, they were working in the early 90s and then disbanded, but they kind of got the band back together recently um, for a performance of their new text, um, A Tender Hex for the Anthropocene, at the opening of Femflix exhibition at um, Sydney Culture of the Arts recently. Um, so I was just getting together um, this current issue of Runway and Reproduction and really was keen to... Um, start using the format that we discussed in runway meetings of having guest section editors to kind of bring in knowledge and the um, communities of um, artists and writers who have kind of expertise and practice in a certain field um, so that we could kind of broaden our, broaden our scope. Um, so I got in touch with them and very excitingly they said yes and they put together an amazing section of um, artists and writers which has really done what I wanted Um, what we were hoped would happen with guest um, section editors, which is kind of bring together different generations and different perspectives that we wouldn't have been able to um, access otherwise. And so what a kind of, why why approach a cyber feminist collective in terms of the reproduction issue? What was the kind of link between the themes that you wanted to explore and the things that they kind of explore in their work? Well, the issue of reproduction um, was in this particular issue (laughs) of Runway um, on reproduction was inspired by the work of Silvia Federici, who is an Italian autonomist Marxist feminist, um, whose work has been really centred around um, the issue of reproductive labour, the reproductive labour of women, who, which is, goes unrecognised. It's often in the home, it's um, unwaged, it's invisible. Um, much of this labour has um, become visible through the movements of feminism in the 70s and then the 90s. But there's kind of a divide of um, where labour takes place now. There's labour in the material realm and also labour in the immaterial realm of the internet. So back in the early 90s, uh, VNS Matrix came to storm Big Daddy Mainframe, as Mm. they called it. Um, The web has been a predominantly cis, white, male realm, and they want to break that down to infiltrate the immaterial with the material and the embodied. Um, And so that's where I want to bring them in to explore um, the connection of all these different issues. Um, And it's been a very interesting ride up to this point. And did they invite a selection of artists and writers to kind of collaborate and contribute to this issue? They did. They have an amazing um, group. So they've invited, uh, let's say, about six different um, artists and groups. They've invited Amy Island and Linda Dement, who put together this um, incredible text, web-based text piece. Uh, Terry Hoskin, Sigdam Ademeyer is a contemporary artist currently showing at Artspace, I believe. Quinn Eads, Melinda Rackham, 
and Zara Stardust and Helen Hesto, who will um, have a text in our upcoming conversations platform that will be launching um, by, by Runway very soon. Fantastic. So also, VNS Matrix have kind of curated a few tracks for us to play today that you sent me through this morning. Yes, they have. They're yeah. such good taste. Fantastic. So I'm going to play a track now by Hole. This one's called Violet. It's actually from Hole's 1994 album, Live Through This. You're listening to Agenda. Stick around because we're going to kind of unpack a few of the works that are in this issue coming up. I'm with Laura McLean in the studio right now. You're on FBI Radio. And the sky was made of And all the stars are just like little fish You should learn when to go You should learn how to say no was whole with violet so you're good. listening yeah <laughs> so good you're listening to fbi radio 
You were the gender. Um, I just got a few texts in from before when I was talking about mansplaining and there's some really interesting ones. The first one says, Katie, it's so relevant. I only recently spent a whole day being mansplained to even whilst on the panel judging an art competition. That one was from Lush. The next one says, I feel like it has a lot to do with age. I'm constantly mansplained to at conferences, but always by older men plus 50. It's tiring. The next one says, a few times I found myself saying things like let her finish to old men when they start speaking over the top of other older women. In this case, she was an academic with so much I wanted to hear. Ah, great texts. Thanks, everyone. Keep texting if you have some thoughts on mansplaining. I've been talking to Laura McLean about the recent issue of Runway magazine. It's an online publication um, and this issue is called Reproduction. And we were just talking a little bit about the Cyber Feminist Manifesto that was kind of coined by VNS Matrix, but we were just talking about how it's also been a term that was coined by a few other people at the same, around the same time. Did you want to tell me a bit about that, Laura? Yeah, it appeared kind of simultaneously in three different places at once. So it was coined by VNS Matrix in 1992. Um, on the other side of the world, in Britain, it was also coined by a cultural theorist, Sadie Plant, who's, I think, students saw a big banner of um, the Ines Matrixes at the Tin Sheds Gallery at Sydney Uni and reported back to Sadie and said, this word is out there, it's um, emerging around the place. And it was also uh, coined by artist Nancy Patterson. So although um, there's one word, I think, typically and kind of characteristic of um, feminism, it doesn't have one single definition. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's kind of amorphous. And we were also just chatting about manifestos in general because that theme has kind of emerged a lot throughout this edition. It has, yeah. So VNS um, unleashed a cyber feminist manifesto for the 21st century in 1992, um, coining the term. And there have been various manifestos that have um, followed since that have been very influential in this kind of genealogy of of thinking and influence. In the 90s also, what was it, 1989? Um, Donna Haraway wrote A Cyborg Manifesto, um, another hugely influential text. And these kind of lineages have come down to uh, younger generations of feminists and academics and writers, um, such as Laboria Carbonics, who wrote a manifesto um, on xenofeminism, a politics for alienation, just a year ago, I think. Um, and two of them are actually featured in our issue in separate ways, um, Linda DeMent and Amy Island. Yeah, do you want Sorry, to... not Linda DeMent, I apologise, Helen Hester. Right. Do you want to tell me a little bit about the work by Linda DeMent and Amy Island now that we've <laughs> kind of gone there? Yeah, sure. Well, um, it's interesting to see the way that many of these artists and writers really kind of reclaim and grasp language and um, deal with its slipperiness and kind of reappropriate terms that have been... Um, perhaps used in a way that wasn't so cool previously. The, I'm just going to read out what they wrote because yeah. it's it's complex and fascinating. So they've produced a text called A Thousand Reps, which the first page is a, is a text that kind of um, contextualises, situates what's to follow. Um, it's, it's straightforward text. You click on that at the bottom and then it explodes into a web-based poem that is um, unpin-downable. So what they've written about it is the unacknowledged status of reproductive labour has been traditionally connected to socialist feminist responses to capitalism, unidentified as a site which protest against the system as a whole can be activated, without necessarily questioning the logic of reproductive labour itself as a form that reinforces heteronormative modes of creativity. Replicative modes of production take the strategic one step further. Replication can be understood as a queer cybernetic form of production that does not rely on the exploration of its hetero other to generate novel forms. Reproductive production, i.e. breeding, 
is typically combinatorial. Genes are chosen from a predefined set and recombined in order to produce offspring. In contrast, replication is a synthetic and deviant mode of production from which totally unexpected novel forms may emerge, flawed, noisy, erroneous, deformed and miscreant. This shift from extensive quantitative combination to intensive qualitative differentiation creates something that is strictly unknowable in advance, folding ultimately, unpredictably and risk back into creative production at the very moment when metricized forms of social control threaten to shut processes down. So as firm replicants of this replicative model, um, Linda and Amy have created a code-based text artwork that takes deviant runaway biological processes as a creative prototype, resulting in what they call an insubordinate mutant offspring that, having become unintelligible, ultimately escapes the control of its incubator host, exposing the secret pact between reproduction and representation. Now, if that's not a clickbait kind of lead-in <laughs> that's making you curious about this work, I don't know what is. <laughs> so you can access that work through the runway issue online. Yes, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing that you have, to, you have to experience in order to understand and see. It's part text, part visual. It's, it's quite something. It sounds really experimental and really interesting. We're actually running out of time, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about the panel or the roundtable discussion that's happening this afternoon as for the launch of this issue. Yeah, we have an amazing group coming along. And actually, just very excitingly, just before I realised that Rosie Bradotti, the feminist philosopher, is in Sydney, and I emailed her and said, oh, this is on. And she said she can't make it, which I didn't think she would be able to, but to send her love to everybody. Uh, so that's just an extra blessing yeah. of goodness over this all, which makes me very happy. Um, but we have a great event. We're going to be going to Casula Powerhouse. Um, Michael Doe, who's created the Softcore exhibition, will be giving a tour. Um, and then we're going to have performances and uh, presentations from Quinn Eads, um, who is a wonderful contributor that VNS have brought along, and um, VNS Matrix represented by Josephine Stars. Yeah. Um, and then we're having a roundtable discussion panel with uh, Linda Demen and Amy Ireland, who will be able to talk about the text that I just uh, explained better than I can. Quinn Eads, Luke Letourneau, Make or Break, um, which is artists Connie Athens. Oh, Ants and Rebecca Gallo, Aurora Scott and Josie as well. So it's going to be pretty exciting. And what are some of the things that they're going to be unpacking? Or is it just going to be around the works that are kind of in this in It's this going issue? to be around the works in the issue um, in relation to the issue theme of reproduction. Um, Aurora Scott has created a really pertinent sound piece, in fact, um, that talks about and talks with artists who've laboured for other artists. So it's looking at the politics of labour within the arts, which is a really um, important discussion to be had. Um, Luke Letourneau has written an amazing piece about the reproduction of queer space and clubbing and sweat, which I'm sure he'll be able to go into um, brilliantly. And Make or Break um, will be talking about their work where they also investigate practices and politics of labour and the arts through the practice of making. Fantastic. Sounds like a really dense discussion and a really dense issue, but in a lot of fantastic ways. Laura, thank you so much for coming in to talk to me. Thank I'm you. going to leave you now with a track by Grimes. This one's titled Genesis. This is another one that uh, VNS Matrix and Dr. Quinn Eats and Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, maybe this one is more Laura. Maybe. <laughs> um, this is one that all of the runway contributors <laughs> sent through. I'm just going to say that. Um, you've been listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. If you missed anything that we talked about, if you want to kind of find where to go to that roundtable discussion this afternoon. I'll pop some links up online. Have a fantastic Saturday and stick around because you've got Back Chat coming up next.